Hello everyone and welcome to the Pitch Deck, uh, episode 5. It's really good to be here. I'm your host, um, Adi Tayo. And, um, you know, it has, been, it has been a very good run that we have had. But I'm particularly very excited about the guests that we have today. Um, we have um, Sukomi Uguni. Um, uh, but before I even go to Sukomi, uh, we also have um, Toyosi Yusuf. Um, who is also hosting uh, this 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 podcast, right? Um, so I'm just gonna try and read some of um, Sukomi's um, achievements and just try and tell you a little bit about her. Then maybe what we missed out, she's she's gonna she's gonna maybe give a more detailed uh, get to know me. So Sukomi obviously is a seasoned marketing and communications expert. With a wealth of experience spanning over seven dynamic years, close to a decade. Uh, throughout her career, she has spearheaded communication initiatives for renowned brands as Etel, Toloram Group, Veraki Business Solutions, which was formerly Accenture, Dell Technologies, and um, Vendiz Africa, which was one of which is one of the leading food tech startups. Um, Currently, she's um, she's building a community, a thriving community of over fifty thousand fund seekers across digital channels through the Lagos Weekender. Um, Lagos Weekender is a media platform and has become a sought-after destination for brands seeking visibility, boasting noteworthy partnerships with global lifestyle giants like Hennessy, Krispy Kreme, Jameson, Whiskey. Echo Bank and more. Um, Sukomi, and um, Sukomi, it's so good to have you here. How are you? You thank you for that introduction. Yeah. <laughs> good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's so good to to have you here, and um, you have been making a lot of waves with um, the Lagos Weekend, uh, and um, I mean, for tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Um, and um, why you you know why you're doing what you're doing currently? Where should I start from? <laughs> from the top, from the beginning. Well, I was born in nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> start from anywhere. We'll take it like that. Okay, I think you sort of like touched on you know a lot of things that I do. But for starters, um, I mean the the this whole the Lagos Weekender idea or brand just started from me documenting my social life, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was fresh out of uni, I joined NYSE, and I just had a little too much time on my hands. <laughs> I just felt like, oh, I, maybe I should just, like, you know, blog my experiences and share um, things to do in Lagos. I wasn't really in Lagos at the time. Um, and share things to do in Lagos with people that might need it. Um, so I guess that was how we started. Um, or yeah, and everything just grew out from there. Um, basically, we this whole thing started as a side also, so it wasn't like my day job before up until last year. Um, but last year, I just felt like it was time for me to take the what's that word again? The big step. Yeah, exactly, and focus on this full time. And I must say, it's been an interesting journey so far. Yeah, I mean, fantastic, right? Um, I, I was, I mean, I, I like the fact that you said, yeah. I mean, this was something that started more like a hobby, then became a side job, 
and now it's like your full-time uh, you know business right but i'm curious to know what what the lifespan of that um journey has been in terms of the maturation stage of what Lagos weekend that is now is it seven years ten years just to just to you know drive home the point of how long it takes for a business to be you know to be profitable uh well you know it's very interesting i haven't really given this a deep thought but now that i'm thinking about it i think we can sort of like put the business in different phases, mm -hmm. I would say, just like you've described, you know, um, the hobby stage, the side hustle stage, and then the full-time stage. And, you know, it's been since, I think it started as a hobby in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and then went into being a side hustle, of course, when I started like working full-time in corporate. Um, and then now I'm doing this full-time. So, I, I mean, as a business, I'm not quite sure how to, like, describe because the truth is um, we didn't start picking up in terms of, like, um, visibility and awareness up until I started doing this full-time or I started putting all my energy into this. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I would say that that's really when the business started, really when I started approaching this no longer as a hobby but more as a business. That's really when I would say it started. But and that was in 2020, 2021. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, like that's so that's eight years in the making, and um, I mean, it's it's it, I, why I like to emphasize this point is because I mean, it sort of shows how um, a hobby or an interest can be some some level of sustenance during a period where you might not be or it, it, I mean, the business isn't profitable profitable enough to sustain you and all your lifestyle needs. So that's why you know it just makes me see how important it is to have an interest in something a foundational interest in something even away from the profits and, and and how that builds like you know sustainable staying power for you as an entrepreneur um before i kill toyosi in right i just want to ask as well right um so i mean you, you know in some way you sort of already described um what led to the path and how you built the business but like what was the real motivation for you with regards to um, the lifestyle industry that you're currently in very necessary question thank you um i think first of all personally i'm a very curious person i love to discover new experiences i love to you know see the world in a different way I love to do something out of the box. <laughs> just you know, why everybody's going right, I like to go left. Mm -hmm. Just because I want to know what's left. Like and why people are not going left. Um so it's just been as a person, I think also growing up in my childhood, I've always been that person who would want to take a different path, who would want to see, want to learn, very inquisitive, ask questions. And um I think I just gravitated towards um events and lifestyle because of my interest in events, live events especially, I'm, I'm still so fascinated. I work in the industry, but I'm still so fascinated by um, live events. I don't know how like you put events together, people come there and they're having a good time. The whole concept and idea of just people having fun is just something very fascinating to me. Like, what's really like behind it? What makes mm -hmm. you? What makes you happy when you're out? Like, what? What's the biggest motivator for fun? Is it the music? Is it the experience? Is it the obvious? I like those are the things. Those, those are the questions I ask myself when I'm out. And I want to see more people, you know, express themselves like that, have a good time. And they can't have a good time. They don't know where to go. Have a good time. 
So it's my job to sort of like point them the right direction. So I would say like the key inspiration is just being a curious person who wants to uncover new things and also like share those all of my discovery and things that I've uncovered with other people who might need it or might not need it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, that's what I would say, you know, has been the biggest inspiration. So in summary, it's the Yoruba girl in you, right? <laughs> that has led to the to the lifestyle and events experiences that you, you like so much. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I just love it, man. It's just something that, you know, I enjoy watching. I enjoy being a part of. Um, yeah, maybe the Yoruba girl too. We love parties, right? So mm-hmm. I guess that's it as well. So can you maybe share some key experiences or milestones that has shaped your journey and influenced your work? You know, like, I mean, maybe a better way to ask this question would be, uh, what was that, you know, I let me ask it this way, right? What would you say has led you to where you are today? Like, what's that? You recall moment you had in your life that sort of just made you think, okay, this are, this is actually, or when you think back, like um, in retrospect, you feel like this is what, or rather in hindsight, this is what made you, or this is what has put you in this position where you are today. Um, so I think that's a very, very good question <laughs> because the Eureka moment didn't happen up until. Um, last year february i think yeah <laughs> and i've been doing this for like so long i just didn't understand what i was doing but it was just like okay i'm not going to try with this thing and it's, it's fun i'm gonna keep doing it and then at the time also we were making some money so i was like ah it's fun i'm making money for me so it's okay i'm gonna keep doing it but i wasn't you know quite certain of how i wanted to approach it you know i didn't even have a vision so to speak for what we were doing up until last year um, um so the, the one it was just a convert and i say this a lot um to people every opportunity i get i tell people like how i got here um i had a conversation with a friend who i i i kind of told that i was you know looking for direction i had a you know i had a corporate job so mm-hmm. with that i love that i enjoy right um and then there was this weekend that thing that was doing that i also enjoy that doesn't really pay me that much but it's decent but it looks promising um but i also enjoy so but i wasn't fulfilled and i wasn't just satisfied with my life i just felt like there had to be something that that i should be doing like there just had to be something that i should be doing so and i i think that um the entire first month of 2022 i just spent it really like searching doing a lot of soul searching and asking myself what i really want and also like of course um a very spiritual person and also like praying for direction um because i wanted I, I was talking a new age i wanted a new chapter for myself i wanted something different for myself um and you know i started to you know dig deep and every opportunity i get to talk to people who are probably excelling in their fields probably you know have things their their own life you know well put together, I would ask them, how did you get here? What did you do? You know, I kept asking questions. I was very open-minded. And, you know, I just spoke to a friend. It was just a random conversation just to ask, okay, why are you doing this? Why, how did you decide? And so this is what you really want, want to do and, you know, what the vision is for you. And she just gave me a simple assignment. Go and figure out who you want to be like, right? Who is doing what you, you would love to do? And it took me days. I kept asking myself. A lot of like people came to mind. I'm like, well, yeah, it kind of looks like what I want, but not exactly. Um, but I finally, you know, got it. 
And when I got it, it just gave me like clarity to what I wanted to do. And I just realized, okay, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. I think I want to run this thing as a media, as a proper media business. Um, and I think everything just filled out from there. But I would say that that moment was really like the Eureka. I will never forget the Eureka moment for me. Um, we, people always, you know, used to, before that time, used to describe us as a media company. But I didn't just understand what it meant by that. I used to work in like public relations as well, but like mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't quite certain that was really what I wanted um, because there was a lot of things that were thrown at me at the time. And I think normally, you know, if you have an idea, you have a business, as long as it's out, it's out there, people would share their ideas, share their opinions, which is not bad, which is great, but you need to sort of like decide for yourself um, the direction that you really want to go, regardless of like what people are contributing or adding to it, and just make sure that you have a clear vision. And I was able to, you know, just define that vision for myself at the time. And I guess everything is history, like you say. That's so nice. That's it's it's good um, to actually hear you speak about um about I'll say I'll say your baby, uh, because over the years I've seen how when the brand has grown and. Uh, I mean, it's amazing to see what it's becoming and what it's going to become in the next few years. Um, so I'd like to know uh, what, are some of the, what are some of the unique skills or qualities that you believe have contributed to your success so far uh, in your career? So you're asking um, what exactly has contributed to my, the growth of my career? The way yes, some of the um, unique skills or qualities that have contributed to um, huh. your success in your career. Ah, unique skills. That's interesting. <laughs> unique meaning that, like, what is that for me, right? Unique. Yeah, what is your ex? Well, I, I would say maybe like my um, as as a person, I'm a, I'm a very um, I'm really big on relationships, right? Mm. I yeah, I I I just have that um that mindset that once somebody comes my way or like once I meet somebody, you just never know what's gonna happen with the person tomorrow, next year. You know, that thing so I try to um, establish good relationships with people uh, along the way. A lot of like the people that we collaborate and work with or partner with, the people that I had like personally, maybe via work, via school, or whatever, you know, um, avenue. So I would say just relationships, you know, establishing a good relationship with the people and People may say my charisma, but I don't, I don't know if that's a skill. People may say that. Um, I, I would say another thing is just like understanding brands. It's also one thing that is really, I would say that is really like important. I've also, and I've always loved working with brands. I've always been fascinated by brands and marketing, communications. I definitely have a background in that as well. Um, so I've always enjoyed that, you know. Um, so I think a lot of like the skills from my my career in marketing communication, I have brought into the um, It means that like you have this understanding of what brands want when they want to collaborate or partner with us or when they want to like leverage our platforms with their audience. Um, it's easier for us to see their vision, you know, compared to somebody who only doesn't what brand management is or what communications is. You know, so I think that those skills have been very very important in the entire journey. All right, all right. I mean, um, so. So far, have there any particular challenges you face along the way? Definitely have challenges, but how are they working? Well, we face challenges every time, <laughs> even now. There's <laughs> um, so always a, a, there's always, you know, one blocker or the other, one hurdle or the other. Um, you know, the work that, the kind of work that we do involves a lot of like physical movement. 
I would say. Because um, we're, you know, covering events, going here, going there, uncovering new places, going to places that people, you know, probably have never been. So um, it takes a lot of, like, guts, courage, um, mm-hmm. bravery to actually, like, do all these things and move around. And mm-hmm. for a city like Lagos, it, some people might consider it quite unsafe. So, you know, I would say that that's a major challenge for us. Um, it's not yeah. that it's not that pretty to have to, like, be outside every night uh, or most nights, right? But it's a job. It's a life we chose. Um, yeah. I think that I'm just, like, more over- overcoming that will be, like, maybe by just being more cautious with what things to go to as well. Um, I'm planning that event properly. That that could be one challenge. Another thing would be also for the kind of business that we do is getting the right people to work with. You know, recruiting people is very challenging. I think any any entrepreneur will tell you that. They're running a business in Nigeria, recruiting people, getting the right people, getting people that are talented, that are passionate about the job. Very difficult. You find people that is, oh yeah, I love it. I see what you do; it's fantastic. But when it comes to like actually doing the job, they then realize that it's not all you know as glamorous as it looks like on, on the outside. So mm-hmm. just finding the right talent, you know, people that have passion. I'm really grateful for the thing that I have right now, but you know, we've gone through a lot of recycling, getting people in, getting people out, um, just you know, for us to be able to like serve our clients and our audience properly. I would say that that's more challenging. But I mean, if you're in business, you would agree with me that uh, all of these challenges are just like a way for you to learn, right? You just you keep learning every day. You but once you face one challenge and you're able to overcome it or manage it, it means that next time when it happens, you have you, you know how to manage that. So I really do appreciate like the challenges, regardless. Um, I mean, I also try to listen to a lot of people who have gone ahead. Um, people have businesses as well and listen to them and see how they can also like manage their own business. So take equipment for instance. I try to also ask people questions about things like that mm-hmm. and what I can do um to manage, you know, those kind of challenges. Um yeah, I think that that's well, that would be like the signif- significant ones. Okay, okay. So um quick one. This is also obviously you have worked with a lot of brands, right? So what what are your what would you say like are the top ones? I know we had a conversation some time back and you told me last year was really a good year for you. You know, you had a lot of brands, you had a lot of jobs, you even had to hire more people. So like what's that major accomplishment or what what's that project that you've been on that you you know um that you, you feel like that was like a mile, milestone um project that you were proud of? Well, I mean I I'm not that's a very difficult question to answer because it's been a lot. I won't lie. There's been a lot. This year alone, I mean, we've done a lot of work with a lot of brands as well. We did the David O concert. Um, we were media partners in that. So I would say maybe this year, that has been very, was a highlight for us. It was a huge highlight for us. Um, well, <laughs> but there's been others. Maybe Heineken? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, for me, I would say that like, the the partnerships that really make me feel very happy is brands that maybe I care about, that I'm a fan of, that I love, and maybe brands that maybe in the past I've tried to work with them and they just like <laughs> they just ignored me and they've not come back, you know. So I would, you know, those kind of brands would probably be like the significant partnerships for us, but it's, it's a lot. I won't lie, but I would say this year 
most significantly has been the David Davis concert. David oh, yeah, yeah. David Rose concert was really huge. And I think that was like his first concert out of the, the whole, I mean, his hiatus from, from music and all of that, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was big. It was big. Um, so I mean, if we if we um I think this is a good way to actually go into like the more core conversations, right? And um so you know, and obviously you said how you how the David Dose concert was the highlight, right? So um but at the early days of Lagos weekend uh, how was it like covering events and what what was the and the sharing experience online? Like was it you know how how do you even think it has even changed by the way? Um so that this question is, is a little bit too folded in the sense that how was it like, you know, in terms of what the um the um the consumer market for for this type of events were like how were people were people probably watching this type of stuff on tv and they were not probably using social media as such then in terms of your own capacity as Lagos weekend what's that experience like and how have you now grown from from then till now i mean for us i would say that like well one of you know the first set of people that started like covering events on social media right um and you know at the time of course we didn't have as much people on social media as we have right currently i would say there's more penetration now a lot more people are more open to like all this all this form of short form videos and content and all um but i mean we just had to make do with what we have we've also along the way tried to like up, up, upgrade and just follow with the changes that social media content has you know, um, gone through over, over the years we have before now we used to be very photo based with our coverage, right? So we would take photographs and get a photographer and take photographs in real time and all of that. Maybe we have a few stories. So now, you know, compared to now where we're more video based and video focused and, you know, try to turn out videos live from events as it's happening. We are now like using the our photo based content and focusing more like video based content. That's like what what is what the algorithm wants. <laughs> And what I guess the audience also wants to know. So I would say that that's been like the difference. Um, obviously, there's, I would also say that the quality of work that we do compared then compared to now has also like changed, right? So I mean, before the shooting we did, there were, um, you know, gadgets. Now, due to like the latest gadgets, latest phones, we're doing like iPhone videography. For the professional videography, we should like just have cameras as well. So I would say that those are the changes that have happened in between of, of course um audience taste has also changed as well there's a before we didn't we used to like add anything extra to our coverage it was just about all oh, the moments and that's it but now we do a lot of like you know engaging with your audience recording that sharing that with um engaging with the audience at the events i mean um to a lot of that and then to put that on top so i would say like there's been a lot of change yeah um that's nice. I mean, I can imagine how things have changed, especially after um, COVID. How COVID, you know, let, let a, informed us that you guys that can actually do a lot of things on social media, even without having to be there physically. Um, so earlier, earlier in your conversation or earlier in your journey, you mentioned how um, it was like a side a side gig for you, you know, to uh, balance work and um, the girls weekend as well. 
um, um, on a daily basis. So let's just know, like, um, how did you balance your personal and professional life as a creative entrepreneur at the early days of the social media, of um, the Lagos Weekender? And how do you cope with stress and burnout now, these days? So it's a, it's a question of two folds. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, I think first of all, because this, this was started as a hobby or passion, something that I love doing, something that I enjoy doing, it wasn't that difficult for me to find balance, I would say. It wasn't that difficult because um, I wasn't, there was really no pressure, so if you understand what I mean. There was really no pressure from maybe, I don't know, from anybody. I was doing my own thing. There was, I didn't have the, you know, right now people have like this whole self care pressure. Oh, I need to increase my number. I need more views. I need all of that. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't be bored about things like that at the time. I was just putting my work out there. It wasn't even, I didn't even care how many people saw the video or saw a picture that I posted. It was, I didn't even care. I, was, I just did it and out there. And, um, and that was what I was doing. So for me, I sort of like also blended it with my work. I was working at the time when I was starting up. I was working at um, an events production company. So we used to go out a lot for event setups. Yada, yada, yada. We used to have like, um, I used to have um, the opportunity to be behind the scenes a lot. So it also like, so it blended well with like my hobby and my interest before I then moved into uh, marketing communications fully. Um, which is not too far apart from like what we do anyway. But I would say like um, in the beginning, that was how I was like, you know, balance both of them. Um, one, the fact that it was a hobby for me, so it was easy for me to create time for it. And uh, secondly, because I was also working in that space, I do remember now that when at my first job, um, when everybody would have gone home by five, everybody closed at five, and if they've left, I would stay behind because I wanted to write like a blog article or something. Um, and then to, I just, I could have gone home, but I'll say, oh, there'll be traffic on the road. So let me just, you know, let me just wait out traffic by writing this blog or by designing this post I want to put up. And I think that I, that was how I was able to like do a lot of like some work that we did at the time as well. So um, to answer the first question, one, it was easy for me to balance things out because this was my hobby. This was my passion. I was highly interested in this. Two, because also I worked in an industry or in an office that um, sort of aligned with this, this interest that I have. Um, and three, because I also like made out time for my schedule instead of going home to go and rest. <laughs> I stayed behind to, you know, put in work into the brand. Um, currently, because it, this is now like, this is no longer like a hobby. It's now a proper business for me. Um, definitely, the pressure is more. I, you know, before I mentioned that I didn't have any pressure. Now I've got pressure. I have clients that um, that we cater to. We have clients' requests. We have our audience that we have to continually uh, provide with information. So the pressure is there now, or it's more pressure now. Um, so I t I try to take out time to rest. I realize that like. Obviously, because we're the weekend out, it means that um, we're always working over the weekend. So we take breaks Mondays and Tuesdays. And I personally just take Mondays to just relax and rest and not respond to any inquiries or, or not do anything. I don't do a lot of like heavy lifting on Mondays. Uh, so that's one way I, you know, I used to, I manage 
Um, what's it called now? Brown out. Yes. I think I also like watch movies, spend time with my family. That. That's other way to get money. I'll do that. I hope I answered the question. Yeah, sure you did. So, I mean, um, um, so having major impact and reach of the social media coverage um, of the events, because no one ever people who can people would go to stories, go to a page to, you know, get the news, get snippets and likes. So, how do you measure um, your impact um, from each event I cover? Well, I would say we focus a lot on engagement, right? Not just the views on the impression, but more people's comments, comment people are sharing it. Um, what are people saying about it? That's also very important. Um, for those engagements, some people, we might be at an event and somebody would DM and say, oh, where is this place? What's happening here? And when are they going to do another edition? So all those things are very important. It means that people are actually like, you know, they are following us, right? They are watching, they are paying attention, and that's very important for us. So the level of engagement, I would say that we focus more on engagement. Say maybe the views um, or the likes. It's, for us, it's more the comments, the shares, the saves. Those things yeah. are very important for us. Um, sometimes yeah. you also get people say, oh, yeah, I saw this event on your platform and I decided to come for it. So there's also that feedback that we get. And it helps us know that we're making an impact. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure that when, when you started, uh, there was not, you didn't have too many. Took Many brands like you um, doing what you are doing. So we're still on the charted waters, but now looking at five, six, seven, eight years, um, definitely there have been brands or people have have taken cue from what you've done, or been inspired by what you do, and love to also start there as well. So how do you deal with competition and noise in the media and lifestyle space? That's one. Number two, how do you differentiate yourself and your brand? So I hear you and you're correct. When we first started, there was actually like literally no major, major platform like you know, what we're currently doing, right? Um, and but now there's been a lot. It sometimes, you know, it can be worrisome. Of course, you feel like this one that everybody's doing the same thing. But um, and that's where, you know, like your question said, that's really when or where your unique selling point comes in, right? For us, I, I have been in situations where um, I've been, I, I felt this old pressure of, oh, there's another platform that's doing something that we're doing and we're getting more views, we're getting more attention. You know, I used to feel pressured a lot before about things like that. Um, but over time, I just realized that the truth is, it's your vision that will really set you apart. And I say that a lot. Your vision will set you apart from competition. No, no two persons can have the same vision. There's no way. You can, it might look like the same, but it's definitely not the same thing. Um, and for me, I've really, really like sat on that statement that your vision will set your path. We have a vision. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. And that, for me, I think has been very definitive for the business. Like I said, it was at the moment when I found that clarity, that things started to like, you know, change for us. Um, and, I, and I don't think anybody else has, has the same vision. Right, for what we're trying to build. Um, also, our storytelling is quite different as well. We don't, if you go see our content, you know that oh, this content is from a local platform. We don't feel like this content is from another platform because there's a particular way we approach our storytelling and the content that we put out there. Um, there's a lot of authenticity behind it. 
There's a lot of thinking behind it as well. There's a lot of detail behind it. Um, whatever we put out there is something that is, you know, especially maybe our recommendations, is trusted and tested. It's something that we've probably experienced before. Um, somebody on, my, on our team has done that before uh, or experienced it before. Somebody in our community has experienced it before and they're giving us like first-hand information about it. And you don't see that uh, everywhere, right? You don't see that everywhere. We So I, I would say that those things are very, are things that set us apart. Our storytelling approach is unique. It's authentic. We try to share relatable content as well, content that people need. Um, and I keep telling people that, look, there is no way, even if somebody comes today and has the same name, it's still not going to be the same thing that we put out there because, I mean, we have a vision and we are walking along that path. So that really you know, sets us apart. Yeah, um, really interesting conversation, uh, Sukami. So, um, you know, and, you know, obviously the vision is, is critical. And I like the fact that you are, you are talking your stuff in terms of how um, no two bands no two brands or no brand can replicate what you're doing. So, but with regards to partnerships, right? And, um, um, you know, how do you, how do you collaborate and network with other, other media, maybe lifestyle, professionals, influencers, and all of that? I mean, what are the critical things that you like to look at? Um, um, or maybe have you even explored this type of method in any way? And um, do you find it effective? I'm also I heard the last one. You said have I explored? Have you, have, have you explored that type of partnership with lifestyle oh. or influencers? And do you find it effective? Yeah, sure. Of course, we do a lot of work with. Um, we do have a healthy. I would say that we have a healthy relationship with a lot of um, other lifestyle platforms, influencers. You know, people that do something similar to what we do as well. Content creators, you know, we we have to. It's even you can't hide from that. You're only going to be killing yourself, right? Um, so that network is very important because we've had like campaigns where we we had to bring um, influencers and media platforms and content creators into into it, right? And it was based on the relationship that we've had with those people that were able to like work with them better. So, um, and you know, vice versa, they may also have like campaigns that might require us. The truth is as a brand, you need to understand that if as a media business, you need to understand that brands can't just rely on one platform because mm -hmm. everybody's not, it's not, even if you have 50 billion followers, not everybody's on that platform. There are other, there are other platforms and using like multiple platforms give you like extensive reach than when you're focused on just one platform. So like everybody the sky is waking up for everybody to fly mm -hmm. um, so it's very important for you to have those you know um, relationships establish that network have a strong you know network of people um, within your industry as well because you just never know who might bring an opportunity to you um, I try to attend events where you know um, people in the industry influencers uh, media entrepreneurs content creators where we can, you know, come together and network. And, you know, we also, like, have conversations that can also drive the industry forward. So um, we're really open to that. We've had, like, a lot of, you know, healthy relationships with these people. Yeah. And um, what about how you manage um, changing trends then in the, I mean, from your um, preferences of the audience? I mean, just the way you have also evolved, as you mentioned, with how you, how you I mean, present your content on social media. I think 
over the maybe eight year span as well, right? Um, the trends and preferences of the audience have changed. Maybe eight years ago, for example, there were no reels. Um, but now Instagram has reels. So, I mean, what do you see? How, how did you manage that, A? And you as an entrepreneur managing the platform, when do you start to spot that trend? Then where do you see those trends going even into the future? In terms of how the audience wants to consume um, event content, and events and lifestyle content. I mean, there's always going to be changes. There's always going to be changes. What's obtainable this um, last year isn't what is obtainable this year um, with, with regards to social media. Um, personally, I've, I've learned that, look, that's how it is. You have to come to terms with it um, and do your best to be at the forefront of evolving. And I would even give an example. So, um, for instance, I think somebody mentioned COVID on this call. So, during, co during COVID, obviously, because of the kind of work that we do, people, everybody was inside, nobody was going out. Um, and it, it kind of looked like it, you know, a hard time for us to still put out content because what do we want to tell people? There's nowhere to go. We can't tell them, oh, we can't send out a weekend guide and say, go here because everywhere was shut down. Everybody was at, at home. Um, we can't uncover a hidden gem and tell people to go check out this place because everybody was at home. Um, so at that time, at that point, a lot of people struggled, right? But I just felt, felt like we needed to figure out a way to forge ahead regardless of if there's movement or not. And then we started doing this thing called weekender at home or something like that or virtual weekend guide something like that i can't remember what we called it at the time um which was just a compilation of the live because a lot of people were hosting live 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 sessions at the time you know ig live zoom all of that so we started to comp com compile the um fun live sessions that people were hosting every day or every weekend i can't remember now oh my god <laughs> but yeah we said again Sorry, I think that there was also a time that the, uh, the community organized uh, what's called visual movies, the attorney party, where we all sent our links during. Um, exactly, the exactly. So we were coming up with those kind of ideas to just like um, still, you know, um, re remain relevant and follow trends. For me, I would say like that, that's like one of the biggest, one of the most defining phase for the business as well. Um, you know, and at that point, it was easy for you to say, well, there's nothing happening, so let's just take a break or let's just pause. Um, but we had to follow the trend, which was like the IG life. Well, that was what was happening. That was what was raining at that time. Um, so, like I said, we've just come to terms with the fact that, look, these trends, things are going to change. Audience interests are going to change. Even the platform itself is going to change. In another six months, there's going to be something else, and we have to be prepared to change along with it. Don't look at it like you're um, or right now, we don't look at it like we're, we're not fighting with the trend, right? We're not struggling with the trend or, you know, trying to follow, trying to follow the, no, we're just, we're aligned. We already have that man mindset that, look, this thing is going to change. And when it changes, we'll change with it. And that's it, because that's, that's the way it is. So we're, we're good. <laughs> I would say that, like, that's really, for me personally as well, that's my approach to to this whole thing. Um, also, another way we used to manage that is also like getting younger people to join our team. So I realized that I'm a millennial, but like there are more Gen Zs online now. 
um, and you know their taste is quite different from like a millennial's taste. So the kind of content I would want to see on the platform is quite kind of different from the kind of content that Gen Z would want to see, or the way agency would like their information presented is kind of different. So what we do is also get like more young people to join our team so they can contribute mm-hmm. you know, their ideas and everything. Yeah. So those are, oh, that is one of the ways that we are able to like follow them and just like um, stay relevant. Nice. So I'll just ask a follow-up question to what you just said, where you said um, there's a difference between the kind of content that millennials would like and Gen Z's would like. So if I give us a practical example, what kind of contents do you think or have you seen that um, move more with millennials and not with Gen Z's and vice versa? <laughs> well, I would say that, um, so for instance, I would say platform, platform, the platforms are different. You see a lot more millennials on Instagram, for instance, but you see a lot more Gen Z before Instagram. Gen Z, they are on TikTok. Me, I just even don't understand how TikTok works. I'm still literally learning. Um, so and that's why you know I've got somebody on the team who is like hey, TikTok girl. So so for instance, um, if you want more Gen Z to see your content, just be on TikTok. On TikTok um, if you want more millennials to see your content, go on on um, Instagram. And if you want like the Gen X or who are they again? The baby boomers to see your content, you know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say like you know the platforms are different. Um, the Gen Zs they want something more, something more affordable, you know, something more budget friendly. They would want that because they are young. They are just starting their career or they are just doing uni. They just wrapping up uni. Uh, compared to a millionaire who has their, you know, their life put together and has some money, has higher disposable income, they can afford to spend fifty k to buy a ticket to an event you know, on artists that they like. But Gen Z most likely, you know, will not be able to afford that. So, you know, there are different type of content that will appeal to like different different categories of audiences that we have. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so, I mean, just to wrap up, right? Um, before we go to the last section, which is um, a quick, uh, quick questions, quick fire questions. Um, what are some of the goals and plans that you have? Um, for the Lagos weekend uh, into the future. Obviously, you have built some level of momentum. Uh, uh, and I mean, you have a lot of brand awareness. I think everyone pretty much every weekend, anybody that wants to have fun, just go to the Lagos weekend uh, Instagram. At least I do it to check what's going on and to see if things are interesting. We have gotten to the Ember months now. We have September, October, November, December. Is. So there are a lot. Usually, typically, there are a lot of activities this period. So, what do you what do you have planned for the future? Another struggle with me, but I keep forgetting to leave my mic on. Yes, sir. You know, I I, I already mentioned how like you know, vision research and content competition. Uh, we 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 do have a big vision for this. We like you mentioned earlier in the call. We already are expanding to Abuja. We already expanded to Accra, you know, we're still trying to find our feet in there, but, you know, that's the goal is for us to also do something just as big in Lagos, in Abuja, in Accra, in African cities across um, the continent. So for us, that's like our vision. We want to be able to like expand to other African cities. There's a lot to discover. And I think that Africa has really suffered, if I can say that, in terms of, you know, the way it's presented out there, um, people don't. The only thing people, when people Google Africa, what you do, they call it the same safari, and that's it. But like, you can attend a rave, you can attend an EDM rave, you can have floating baskets, the same way you have it in whatever 
you know, city as well. You can also have it in Africa. You can also have it in Lagos. And a lot of people don't know that. And that's why we're here. And that's what we're trying to change. We're trying to change that whole narrative and promote, like, the hospitality and tourism sector in Africa. And we're starting with Lagos, of course. So we're expanding. We're trying to expand to other cities. And that's our vision. The vision is for us to be in, like, all the major cities in Africa. Um, you know, in coming years, we want to be able to, like, you know, um, go beyond just Accra where we are. Or what we're currently trying to build out the team. Um, for us, we also want to like you know um, uncover new experiences, something different, something unique. We want to be able to also have our own events, um, organize our own major events. We want to be able to like also have different formats of content uh, to satisfy our audiences. There's a lot that we can, a lot of stories that we can tell, you know, in the hospitality and tourism sector in Africa. And the channels to tell those stories are endless. And we want to be able to harness all the channels. Right now, we're just doing, you know, Instagram. We're doing TikTok. You know, we're trying on TikTok. But we want to be able to, like, expand to other channels as well. Um, you know, build out the... We're not even close to the vision that we have right now. You know, I mean, I'm grateful for where, how far we've come. But there's a lot that we can still do. Um, there's a lot we can still do. So I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, um, Tukumi has been a great conversation. Your insights uh, has been, I mean, impeccable, really. Um, so we're gonna go to quick questions, and this is like towards the final section of the of, of the of the podcast, right? So I'm gonna be asking you a few questions, and um, you just tell me on unfiltered opinion on it, right? Nobody's gonna drag you for anything, right? So, um, first one, if you could learn a new skill or language, what would it be and how would you use it? Hmm. A new skill or language. Let me start lang- a language. I want to learn French. Thank you. <laughs> Why do you want to learn French? Because it's a universal language. Well, it can be a universal language, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't speak French. I would say French or either French or German, I would say. Uh, for skill. Hmm. There's a lot I want to learn. Or there's, I don't think there's just one. Maybe one. Take, let's start with TikTok, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say it outside. <laughs> this let this be a secret between me and touch partners. How about that? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Any other question? Oh, okay. So you won't know. You didn't mention any skill now. Hard. I said it's a lot too. <laughs> It's a, it's a lot of skills that I really want to learn. How about um, one? Maybe. Go ahead, sorry. As a political answer. It's a political answer. <laughs> but it's the yeah. right answer. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things that I would, I would love, love to be better at or even learn afresh. Let, let, me, let me tell you the most common one, right? Can you swim? Yeah, you see, I was. Wait, did you hear me? You know, I was going to say that, right? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't know, actually. That I, is... know. <laughs> I was going to say, ah, say swimming, but I said, no, no, no. So I'm going to do that to yourself. No. You can swim. Mm-hmm. You just, you're just not being satisfied to not swim. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. So, no, I so... can't swim. Alone on the sea, I can't swim. It won't, it's, actually, I was thinking about it like two days ago. I'm like, oh, I think it won't be bad to actually go land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think oh. it's fine. Fine, fine, fine. Swimming, yeah. Yeah, I can hook you. So I mean, um, so Sukum is going to learn how to swim, going to learn how to speak French, and, and learn how to use TikTok as well. So, 
second question if you could witness any historical or future moment what will it be and why hmm. that's a deep one huh very deep where are you guys getting all these questions from i need to ask i mean we, i think <laughs> we, have to give, we have to give credit to tell for this because what <laughs> please tell me the question again if you could witness any historical or future moment what will it be okay. and why so maybe something that's happened in the past and in the future or something you're expecting that will happen in the future and so yeah what will it be and why ah uh, maybe when nigeria has a better president <laughs> maybe then maybe then i may feel better i mean no, no. i would really like to experience that because it doesn't look possible right now but i really like to experience that mm -hmm. um uh in the past uh, it, it doesn't matter that i'm i'm mentioning like very i'm not mentioning deep things because it doesn't matter wait let me see hmm. to be honest i'm not the type to like you know take me back i'm really not that i don't i'm really not that type but i don't know if, if this counts as a historical moment i really would love to watch a michael jackson show Live, right? Like live, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if that counts. Does that count? It does for yes. sure. Yeah, so I, I, I would really love that. I would really wish you know I could see that right now. But yeah, I mean that, I that. Yeah, that that's that's actually really. I mean, it just sort of just shows why you are you are born to do what you're what you're currently doing. But I can help you. I can help you a little bit. You could go on YouTube and search. <laughs> Search Michael Jackson Wembley. I think it was in nineteen eighty, late in 1980s performance. For like real, two, amazing. Yeah, like two hours, three hours. Trust me, I'm gonna love it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. I'll check that out. You can also watch his performance at the Super Bowl. That was in the late eighties as well. Um, yeah. Where they used him to you know change to attract more people to watch um Super Bowl, which is half that performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about yeah. Well. yeah, so um final one before I hand over to Toyosi, right? Um if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And how would you use it? I want to have to read people's minds. I, I could guess it. Like mm. <laughs> I'm too I'm too curious. Oh my god, I need to know. I need to know what they're thinking. I I need to know. I need to know guys. <laughs> give me please just give me. if you find anybody that is that that has the ability to give me that superpower send them my way or send me to them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's one thing i really would love all right over to so, you yeah yeah thanks um so just asking instead of quick fire um this or that question so are you ready to come in? instead of what this or that question oh sure this definitely. definitely okay so um, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla, please. I don't like chocolate. Outdoor, indoor events. Outdoor, please. Thank you. <laughs> VIP access or all access? All access, every time. Daytime or nighttime? Nighttime, please. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody knows. Comedy or horror? Comedy. Comedy. Phone or laptop? Laptop. I'm a millennial. We like what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that mean, you guys? Why should I, I can't choose between both? 
I can't choose. One doesn't exist without I know wait to one doesn't exist without the other, but the other doesn't exist with one. How about that? Level together is an entity on its own, but so come it really cannot exist without the person. Because without the legal system that. So um I really I don't know why I should be choosing. <laughs> wow. But I don't know. Are you trying to ask me which one I should put first or which one I put first? Yeah, I mean if you could pick one, pick one Hey, this one is a wild question. Yeah, of course the Lagos weekend comes first every time. I I mean I already I already do that. I already put my interest, the things that I like, I already put it at the back bench and put the brand first every time. I already do that, so yeah, I would say that the brand comes first. Yes, yes. Fair enough. Um, so, so for me, uh, we've come to the end of the show. Uh, I mean, I would like to get final words from you. Um, for and how can people reach you if they want to reach out to you? First of all, follow us on all social media platforms at, at the Lagos Weekend. At the Lagos Weekend on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. On Facebook, except on Twitter, which is just Lagos Weekend. But if you search the Lagos Weekend, you will find uh, you will find us as well. We are expecting. Please follow us. Follow us on all platforms. Sign up for our newsletters, our weekend guide. Um, and if you want to reach me, definitely you can just um send an email to the Lagos Weekend at gmail dot com. That is the Lagos Weekend at gmail dot com. And mm-hmm. yeah, you'll be able to reach me. That's that's the easiest way to communicate with me. Yeah. So, what about your final words? Hmm. Follow us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say like um one thing that I think a lot of people that stops a lot of people is fear, right? And I just really realized the significance of you know when you watch a movie and maybe a horror movie and something bad is about to happen to some the character. And the person just freezes. Like, fear just grips them and they freeze. Even, like, they're transfixed. That's what fear does to you mentally. Right? Um, if you are supposed to take a jump, make a decision, do something about your life, fear will cripple you and you won't be able to take that move. You won't be able to do anything and you'll just be transfixed and you'll just be there. And some people have spent time being transfixed and just frozen in one spot because of that fear of because of that fear you know of anything um so i just want to say that if you have that visual visual representation of what fear is mentally you would understand that you actually need to move because when you watch the movies the character once the character freeze it's just not that's the end that whatever is coming coming for that character is going to get get to them they're frozen they can't move uh but if you Sight danger and you flee immediately and you run, you have more chances to survive than you understand. But fear will tell you to stop, to freeze, right? So it's just take the plunge, I would say, um, in anything. If there's an idea you have in mind, now is the best time. Like today is the best time. Just do it. Just do it. Forget about it. I'm even telling myself this because there's a lot of things I also want to do that you know I might be scared of. But yeah, yeah, I would say final words: just don't allow fear cripple you. Whatever mm-hmm. you have in mind, you want to do whatever idea, concept, anything, 
just do it go for it you never know yeah i think that's 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 a great way to end the show guys um don't forget um, thank you sukomi for for joining um the, the pod and i think this episode will probably be one of our very best um and guys don't forget to follow pitch deck um on all social media channels um tad partners on all social media channels and you can get pitch deck on google spotify and apple have a great day guys bye bye bye, bye.